going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday night. Welcome here to this week's edition of 48 Minutes Basketball Network. Uh, we're really excited as we are recapping the first week of free agency, all the crazy news that's come out so far. Uh, so much to get to. I am Tim Daniel. Uh, joined here this week just by Ben Brown as Josh and Sean are occupied. Uh, ben, welcome back. How was vacation? Good to see you, man. Oh, man, it was wonderful. The beach was wonderful. The time off was wonderful. But, uh, Man, it, it's really hard when you're trying to be off your phone and you're trying to enjoy your family. And, I mean, your phone just ding, ding. Who got traded? Hold on. Kyrie's in. Now he's out. Durant's in. Now he's out. What? Like My wife's like, what are you looking at? Nothing. Nothing. I'm not looking at anything. Like, you know, but there's so many, so many different crazy things going on. But, yeah, it, you know, vacation was awesome. But, but you know, especially seeing all the NBA free agency stuff and all the craziness, like, I, I – and you were like, hey, man, we need to throw a podcast up. I'm like, I'm in. Just, you just let me know when and where, and, and we, we need to talk about this. We need, to, we need to get this off our chest. Yeah, man, a lot of crazy uh, between trades, free agent moves. Um, I saw right before we got on, Kennedy Chandler signed the biggest American second-round pick contract in history. So congrats, young man. Get your bag. Hey, yeah, secure your bag, Kennedy Chandler. Good job, boy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man. I think the biggest story so far that's not Nets related because we're going to get to the Nets. Um, it's got to be Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota mm-hmm. in a trade. Um, so right now we see the details here is uh, Minnesota gets Rudy Gobert and Utah in return gets Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Landry Balmero, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and one, two, three, four, five draft picks. Now there's a pick swap in there. There's a protected pick in 2029. But man, um, First of all, like I know we're going to get into how we feel the fit for Gobert is here, but just looking at this deal, if you know you're Danny Ainge and you're looking to get your war chest of assets, as we know he's a big fan of, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about this trade? Do you do you like it? Do you you know I like it a lot on the Jazz side as far as like the pieces they picked up, but yeah. on the Minnesota side, like obviously the fact that you can give Cat the advantage of being a big four now. Uh, to where he, you know Rudy Gobert takes that center spot, but you know, do you feel like this? Is, do you feel like this is a lot? Uh, it man, it's a ton. It's a ton. Like, and I and I and I know the value of Gobert. Like, I, I understand he's a Defensive Player of the Year multiple multiple years. You know, he's he's done some really cool things. But goodness, dude, that is a ton to give up, bro. Like, like not even just the players, but just all those first round picks. Like you, you are just telling your franchise, like, like now granted, like you can always flip those picks and things like that. But man, you, you were just telling your franchise, like we are out to win it all this year. <clears throat> you go out and get a Rudy Gobert pairing with cat. You know what I mean? And, and like, like you're just telling your franchise, you're all in, you're all in. Like you're giving up all those assets and players and you're telling your franchise like like our time is now um i i, I don't know about the fit i mean like you said I, I think it does give cat that opportunity to be a big four stretch four he wants to shoot threes he you know i, I get all that that he has that ability um and it also makes him it it, it, it makes him less of a liability defensively because when you do have Rudy Gobert back there, I mean, you, you, you don't have to worry about guys trying to right. charge the pain and, and do all these different things. So, on, and in that sense, yeah, I, I think that they'll be okay. Um, he doesn't give you a whole lot offensively, 
Um, but you still have D'Lo, you still have Anthony Edwards, you still have Cat. Like you've got you've got a lot of offense. I just don't like giving up so many picks and so many role players like Malik Beasley and Pat Bell. Like as much as you can say what you want about Pat Bev, he's a really good role player. He knows what his job is. He's an antagonist. He does what he's supposed to do. I am personally not a Pat Bev guy, but he knows his role. So you're you're giving a lot up um, for for Rudy Gobert and, and what he's going to be able to bring you. And on top of that, how long can he be that Rudy Gobert? He's he's got he's thirty, right? Like he's older. Yeah, like he's like like how much longer can he be that Rudy Gobert? Be that guy for that long? You know what I mean? So. You're, you're giving up a lot. If he has a drop off in the next two years, you've lost the trade. Like you've lost the yeah. trade. Like if he drops off and says, you know, not saying that he'll just completely crumble, but like if he does, if he's not the same guy he was two years ago in two years, you've lost the trade. You've lost all those first round draft picks. You've, you know, you've lost some some pivotal players in, in your run to making the playoffs this this past year. Like, you know, you've got some core pieces, but now you've got to try to build a bench. You've got to try to do some other things. You've got to make some other moves um, in order for this to be uh, be something that you're saying, okay, well, this is worth it. But if he's not the same Rudy Gobert in two years, you've lost that trade. Like, there's a lot of pressure on Rudy Gobert to be that guy for another five years. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you did mention kind of having to build the bench. I saw they signed Kyle Anderson uh, from mm-hmm. Memphis. Uh, to a two-year deal. I don't know if sign's the right word with all the weird language going on right now, but agreed yeah. to terms is probably what I should have the said. Terms. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the best, yeah. Yeah, so here's the thing that really kind of jumped out to me um, is, so at this point, if you look at this here, I, I got this graphic from somewhere. Please don't sue me. Uh, I forgot your <laughs> website. Um <laughs> So D'Lo at the one, Anthony Edwards at the two, Jade McDaniels at the three, Cat at the four, Gobert at the five. Do you think their defense is just going to be like, let's play Red Rover? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. None, none of those guys would you say are stellar defenders besides Gobert. I mean, they, they, you know, that they, they struggle to get stopped. That's what, part of the reason why they don't make deep runs in the playoffs, right? Like, they, they can't stop people. They can score. They just can't get stops. Now, Gobert will help with that some. Um, because what it, what it will give them the ability to do is uh, take more take more risk, you know. So I I can reach out for a steal. I can you know try to do a back tip. I can try to do these different things, play in the gaps more because I've got Rudy Gobert behind me, who you know is is a a stalwart at, at you know defensively. So it will give them more of that. But yeah, it. it I think Ben's frozen. All right. Well, Ben froze up. Um, I think what he was kind of saying more, though, was that uh, things are kind of different uh, now, obviously, and that the, the changes they made, it looks like they're looking to get better defensively. Um Oh, the power went out at Ben's house as I'm by myself. All right. Well, you guys are stuck with me now for a little bit until he gets uh, back up, hopefully soon. Um, So I'll kind of go through real quick. And uh, hopefully if you're in the chat, you have some conversation. 
please send it my way before we get a little crazy here. Um, do want to kind of point out real quick, obviously, the other big trade. Atlanta getting DeJounte Murray uh, from San Antonio. Um, you know, the deal being that uh, Gallinari also was in the trade and multiple first round picks. Uh, Atlanta obviously ended up, I mean, uh, sorry, San Antonio ended up releasing Gallinari and he is obviously signed with the Celtics. But this is fantastic for Atlanta. Uh, you're looking at a circumstance now where for Trey Young kind of can adapt that Kyrie Irving role, right? You know, he can kind of play off the ball and be more of a cutter. And DeJounte Murray helps him out defensively so much, obviously. He's been a plus defender every year of his career. Uh, he's very talented. Uh, he's got that skill set. I know ESPN Fantasy has him as a top 10 player next year uh, being in this, this situation here. And obviously, you know, at the moment, John Collins is still in Atlanta. Um, I know he's been rumored to be traded for like every year he's since he's been in the league, but I really think, you know, as much as I'm not a Hawks guy, uh, as is, I've been very open throughout my time uh, doing this show, uh, this is a, a great move for them, you know, for, for Trey young, obviously, who's not a defender. Um, you have a defender next to him. Uh, like I said, I really like this off ball situation now for Trey young, where you have another guy who can kind of handle the ball. You guys can split ball handling responsibilities. Um, another thing that really jumps out too is, you know, in San Antonio, Murray had to be a guy who had to take a lot of shots and he's not a great shooter. I mean, he shot 34% from three, I believe last year. Um, now he has Trey Young next to him and that makes things a lot easier for him as well. So this is kind of uh, the best case scenario for Atlanta. Um, it's just kind of how everything worked out. So really, really love that for them and really cannot can, curious to see how this plays out. Um, if you're just tuning in, hey, uh, I am by myself right now. Uh, Sean and Josh were not available tonight, and Ben's power went out while we were recording. So we are kind of, I am kind of flinging this. Uh, hopefully you are enjoying yourself. If you're in the chat, feel free to stop by and ask any questions you may have, and we'll kind of keep going with this. So this might end up being a 20-minute podcast. We'll find out. Uh, this is the big one, obviously. I was really wishing Ben was here for this um, to kind of get his thoughts on it, but uh, Boston trading for Malcolm Brogdon and obviously getting the point guard they need to move forward. This is another move that pains me to say uh, Boston got right. Uh, you're talking about a point guard who really kind of changes all the things they do. Uh, the guy you can pair with Marcus Smart, you can play with Marcus Smart's off the floor, gives, G gives Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum uh, another facilitator. Uh, Boston, obviously, like I mentioned in the earlier slide, brings in Danilo Gallinari. So that makes, you know, a really nice piece for them off their bench. Um, I know Stephen A. Smith tweeted this and it pains me to kind of quote him, but this is big. This is huge for them. This is uh, Boston, you know, kind of saying that last year wasn't a fluke and we want to build off that and we aren't going anywhere. So bringing him in, they bring in Gallinari, obviously, like I said, to come off the bench. Uh, you're looking now at a group of Brogdon, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Horford. And Robert Williams and guys like that, you know, that's a really good two group. Yume Adoka showed that when he learned to make adjustments to the NBA game, he kind of really took the ball and ran with it. He was impressive and puts you in a situation here where this is kind of a big time move for them. Um, I think, you know, this is going to only go so far for them uh, on the Pacers end. You know, you look at the, the names here. Neesmith, Daniel Tice, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fix, Juwan Morgan. You know, they're not names that are exactly the plans of the future of the Pacers by any means. Uh, this was about getting that draft pick and what they had to take on to do it. So the Pacers now have three first-round draft picks for next year in the 2023 draft. 
And so this was that's what this was all about. This was about getting that draft capital. You know, they just got Ben Mather in the draft and they're really excited about that. You know, this is about kind of building your core for the future. You traded for Tyrese Halliburton last year. At the moment, Miles Turner's still a pacer. Uh, so that's kind of gonna, you know, really kind of dictate where things go from there. What's up, Derby Gaping? Thank you for joining. Appreciate you. Um, this is kind of you know, the Pacers kind of planning for the future, obviously, you know, Halliburton, Matherin, Chris Duarte, and, you know, now having these three picks, you can kind of see where they're going. This is about rebuilding. And this is what the NBA needs, in my opinion. We need, we don't need a ton of these middling in the middle teams, these uh, kind of going back and forth and ups and downs and who's going to do what. We need these teams that are deciding on, am I going to be a part of the future? Am I going to try to make a championship or am I going to try to build up assets to win a championship? And oh, thank God Ben's back. Man, I, I'm I'm using my cell phone. We literally lost power. Woo. Um and our um and like our Wi-Fi is all crazy. Like it, it like I'm sitting here and like it just went completely completely dark. I had my lights on and everything all set up. There we go my light back but yeah yeah so we were sitting here with no power for about 30 seconds so well, i hope your phone's I, I, charged I, yeah my phone uh-oh <laughs> let's see if i get him to come back up all right i think i got you again okay can you see me can you hear me Ben. Yeah, you got me? I got you. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is the life Dude, of podcasting, is, people. This, it is, man. This is crazy. I've in the four years I lived in my house, like never lost power. Uh, yeah. Crazy. We've lost it quite a bit lately. I think like one of the th- one of the things they told us was because it's been so hot that I could potentially lead to it. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd never we had never lost it. So I, I that that was crazy. Like it just shut everything down. Well, you came at the perfect time. I'm here talking about the Malcolm Brogdon trade. So already went over it for what it does for the Celtics, but kind of talking more this for the Pacers. This was all about, this wasn't about the players they brought in this deal. Obviously this was about the draft capital, uh, getting their third first round pick for next year, you know, deciding that they're going to go in the rebuild with Halliburton, Duarte, uh, getting Ben Matherin, you know, right now, Miles Turner's still there. So to me, this was just more about, Let's go ahead and stock up on some draft capital. Let's build for the future. We're not going to be in a place to win for a little while. So kind of as a Pacers fan, wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, it, it was it was definitely a salary dump and trying to get some picks and, and being able to rebuild, which I'm all for. I mean, if you looked at if you've looked at our roster the last, you know, a uh, couple years, you know, we've kind of built around Sabonis. We, you know, we traded him away. We did get an awesome piece in Halliburton back. Um, which we can build around. Um, Durante has been great. Uh, he's he's played really well. So we've got a nice young core, um, and it, and we're stacking up draft picks, which is nice. So if you're going to do a rebuild, you might as well do the rebuild right and, and go ahead and trade away some pieces that you're not really going to use for the future, get yourself some assets, um, and go ahead and start this thing the right way. You know, we've talked about this before about how well the Pacers have, have have sustained their franchise. And, you know, it was weird. Like we had talked about, it was weird to see us picking at number seven because we have been so consistent for so long. 
And it also gives um, Rick Carlisle a chance to build a team built the way that he wants to build a team. So um, I'm all for it. Um, He's getting some pieces there that I think that'll help. Um, He's getting draft picks that I think will help. And we're dumping salaries, be able to make some moves to get guys that are quote unquote Rick Carlisle guys, you know what I mean? Defensive minded, um, tough nosed players that, that'll, uh, you know, play a full 48 minutes. So, not saying that Brogdon wasn't that, but, you know, with the salary and the things that Rick Carlisle likes to do, um, you know, Brogdon may not have been a fit for that. So I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, real quick, kind of at your Celtics, uh, Celtics end of it, obviously, this is kind of the piece they needed. You saw it very vividly mm-hmm. in the finals. And, you know, we've all talked. We definitely feel like they're a Chris Middleton injury away from not even playing in the NBA championship. And mm-hmm. so um, I think this is a really good move. You're now looking at a really good core for the Celtics, you know, including Al Horford, including Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, you know, Brown, Tatum, obviously. So uh, mm-hmm. I, it pains me, obviously, to say the Celtics are doing great things and they're not going away, but um, they're doing great things and they're not going away. Yeah, it, it's that's a perfect fit for them. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, and like you said, you saw it, it mostly in the playoffs, but mostly in the finals. Um, Marcus Smart's not a point guard, um, you know, and I and not to say that he played bad because he didn't play bad at all. I really do like Marcus Smart. This is not his natural position. This is not where he plays. Um, Malcolm Brogdon gives you a guy. Not only can he score the ball, I think he averaged 19 points last year. I think he was a 19-6-5 guy, if I remember correctly. Um, but he also is an outstanding perimeter defender. Um, so that gives you two guys up there with Smart. Um, and, and Brogdon to be able to guard uh, the guards of the other team really well. So it, it's a perfect fit for them. Uh, it gives them a guy that will be a, a steady, you know, handler of the ball, be able to get them into their offense. Uh, and it takes that pressure off of Marcus Smart or Tatum or Jalen Brown. Um, and then you still have your other pieces there, your Horfords, your Robert Williams, your Grant Williams, those guys, your role players. Um, it's a good fit for Boston. I know, Tim, you hate that. But yes, it, it makes them, it it makes them, it makes them. They were, I, it's hard to say they weren't contenders. They played in the finals, but this really makes them like a, a true, um, contender for the crown. Having a true point guard like Brogdon. Yeah, I think if I'm looking at the East, um, and obviously, you know, our next conversation that we're going to have is going to kind of dictate where things go from there. But, you know, I think Atlanta obviously did a lot to improve their team. You know, I think the Murray Mm -hmm. young tandem is going to be tremendous. Uh, I was talking about that a little bit while you were uh, battling power. And then, you know, Milwaukee, obviously, you know, they said that we're just going to run our team back. We feel like we're healthy. We're the best in the East. I think I still agree with that. And, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. Miami kind of in the Donovan Mitchell and Jimmy Butler, I mean, uh, Kevin Durant sweepstakes uh, from what people are saying right now. So that can really change a whole lot too. So, but I think Boston's right there with those groups, you know, other than that, I think, I think really Atlanta and Boston are the only teams so far that have really done stuff to raise their team. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the Bulls have made a couple moves, but I think they're still the same team. Uh, The Lakers, you know, have made some moves, but you know, I don't, are they, are they significantly better? Like, I don't think so. Uh, I don't right. really, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson's a good pickup for them, but you know, other than that, I'm not hundred percent certain. And, you know, Golden State, obviously, again, Dante DiVincenzo is the rich getting richer. 
Gosh, yes, like, it is. Yeah, yes, I'm it actually, is. I'm actually, as much as I don't care about the Kings, I'm really excited about Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox getting back together. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved that yeah, Kentucky cool. team. They were awesome. Yeah. They were so fun. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's going to be a blast. Keegan Murray is playing really well in summer league so far. So mm-hmm. obviously that's been pretty cool. Um, Derpy Gaming asked our thoughts on the Cavs. I really don't feel like they've done a ton. I think it's great that they brought that they've made sure Darius Garland stays in stays at home. And you got to yeah. make sure you do everything possible with him, you know. But Isaac Okoro is still there, like we talked about last week. Yeah, he's he's still a Cav. You know, Colin Sexton, they haven't made any decisions where they're going with him, but your core is Mobley, Garland, and Allen, and that's what you need to build yeah. around for probably like, more than likely. And, you know, I like Igbaji. I don't know if he's a guy I would have taken there, but, you know, I think he's a fine player. He's a good 3 and D player, and that's what the Cavs need more of. So I think the Cavs are okay. Um, I think they're probably in the same area next year uh, unless they make a big swing at somebody. But I don't really know what big swing they can necessarily make because they're not getting Kyrie Irving, nor would they probably want to after everything they went to with that already. Uh, they're not getting Kevin Durant, you know, so – and I don't see them being a DeAndre Ayton suitor. So with all the big men they have already. So they're probably, you know, fighting for those back playoff spots in the East. Again, if everyone stays healthy, though, who knows? Maybe they're much better. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Like you said, I, I think their core, you know, are Garland, Allen, and Mobley. Um, I think Mobley is only going to get better. Which is yeah. which is scary. Um, <laughs> which is really scary. Um, Garland, you know, Garland. I mean, he's he's a guy. You know, they've already proven that he's going to be their franchise guy. Um, so I, I think that. And the and the biggest thing is that they have a, a solid bench. I mean, you know, Coro, Kevin Love, still there. I mean, I, I like I like Cleveland. Um, I would like to see them make one more move. Uh, yeah. Possibly get a possibly get a wing um somebody like that but but yeah I, I i still like that cleveland team but i like you said i think there's still a seven eight in the east yeah i do really enjoy uh that rookie rubio is going back there because before he got hurt yeah. he seemed to really really enjoy his tenure there and he was so yeah. good you know having him and rondo there was so good for garland um yep. so i don't know what's going to happen with rondo but you ready to get to the shit show <laughs> let's do it <laughs> all right what do the brooklyn nets do now so obviously if you are here and listening to an nba podcast and thank you for listening if you are um you've heard all about it you've heard that kevin durant has requested a trade out of brooklyn that he went straight to joe Sy. he went above sean marks and steve nash and company um you've heard kyrie irving is telling just about everybody that he's trying to be a laker and that's so hilarious to me. Um, you know, you've heard that the Nets are not going to be rushing anything, that they're looking for kind of the right deal, and they have an idea in mind. Maybe it's because they gave 36 draft picks away for James Harden. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have done that. And Ben Simmons. So mm-hmm. this is kind of, you know, the ultimate shit show. And we're looking at it now where uh, Stephen A. Smith comes out and says, Kyrie Irving is telling everybody who plans on going to L.A. And we talked about this now for a couple weeks where we're like, how do they make this work? That's the salary. Is he going to be willing to take the mid-level? And, you know, I was like, oh, it's probably just going to have to wait till next year when they're under the cap. And 
you know, we've we've done the song enough now. We know when there's smoke in the NBA, there's fire. And mm-hmm. um, that fire is blazing with these Kyrie Irving Laker reports. It sounds more and more like it's going to happen. So um, first off, this is absolutely hilarious. That this is happening to the Nets. I think this is so <laughs> funny that, yeah. you know, yeah. we're the I, new team of New York you. and now it's just all yeah. falling apart. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I Like, I don't have anything personal against Kevin Durant, but I, I'm kind of – like I'm, I, I'm kind of happy that this is all kind of falling apart. Like, like you said, like I, like to me, um, he just seems like I, I, you don't know what makes the guy happy. Like you know what I mean? Like, like you know, he was in OKC. They had the big three. They couldn't get over the hump. Okay, fine. You get traded. You go to Golden State. You win a couple rings. Draymond makes you mad. You guys get an argument. So I'm going to go do it on my own. I'm going to pull Kyrie Irving. That's great. That's fine. Then now I'm here. Now I don't want to play with Kyrie. Now I want to be like, like what makes the guy, what makes the guy want to stay in a place and just win? Like, I I don't get that. Like you're in, you're in Brooklyn. You asked to be in Brooklyn. You asked Kyrie to be in Brooklyn. You got Steve Nash who you wanted to be the coach in Brooklyn. You got all these pieces. They went out and got Ben Simmons which I'm sure you lobbied for. We did all these things to make you happy. Kyrie re-signs, re-ups, and then you're like, nope, nope, I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. I, I want to be – like, like what, what do you want? As a basketball player, as a competitor, as, as whatever, I'm never going to discredit his ability. I'm never going to discredit that he wants to win. I'm never going to discredit it, but what do you want? Like, what what do you what do you want? So it, it's the same thing with Kyrie. Like, like first, I don't want to play with LeBron. LeBron's hindering me. LeBron doesn't want me to be a leader. LeBron this, LeBron, and now I want to go play with him. Like, like you know, I I just don't understand where these guys get all of this stuff. Where it's 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 almost like you said, it's become a it's become a comedy stick, like. You know what I mean? Like, like they're the idea of them being basketball players is becoming second fiddle to them being a a comedy show or a disaster. Like those two are probably the most talented two individuals in NBA, and they've become a comedy stick. Like they're they are a running joke in the media. Like, like how do you become that? Like you guys have more ability than ninety nine percent of the people in the NBA. And you're a laughing stock. Your your NBA ability, your basketball ability, has now become second to you becoming this c- carnival of just bad PR moves, bad advice, bad just everything. Like it, it's just become a just disaster. And you know it, it's just it, it's just ugly. Like I I just don't understand it. Like what's going to make you happy? What where? where where can you finally go where you're going to settle up and say, okay, I'm going to be here. This is where I want to be. Because it hasn't, it wasn't OKC when you had the big three. You won two rings in Golden State. You, you Then you got unhappy there. And now you're in Brooklyn. You played one year. Well, you played a half a year with Kyrie. Now you're not happy about that. So now Literally well, 44 games, I think the three of them played together. Yeah. Yeah, they played half, they played half a year together. Yeah. 
in three years they played half a year. Right. And then on top of that, they also did have James Harden. Oh, yeah. That that was a thing. You remember? They had James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. So the three of them together. And he and now he's still not happy. So it's like it's become like you said, it's become comical. Um, It's sad because their basketball ability has become second. Like that, that's that's the saddest part about it to me. Like, like we should be talking about how great they are as basketball players and how this year they're going to come in and compete because now they're healthy. You really don't have the, you know, Kyrie Irving and the and the uh, COVID shot thing hanging over your head. Like, like this was supposed to be their year. Oh, and Ben Simmons was supposed to come back. He's mm-hmm. going to be healthy. This is going to be a team that's going to compete. And now we're here. I thought last year with the Lakers that there was just no way we could have an NBA dumpster fire bigger than what that was with just like <laughs> signing all these like aging veterans who were like, yep. you know, but like yep. Brooklyn, like you see like this stuff's going on and the moves they're making. So they bring in, you know, my guy, Edmund Sumner, who, you know, I'm always going to root yeah, for. I saw that. He comes to Brooklyn. Yeah. He's fully healed from his ACL, but it's his first time playing basketball since his ACL injury. Uh, TJ Warren, who you know pretty well, played like, six games since the bubble um yep. he's going to brooklyn and like yeah the upside is great but you know and then they trade for royce o'neal right before the durant stuff which obviously leads to the infamous brian windhorst mm-hmm. greatest memes of all time but that move made no sense to me they gave up yet another draft pick for yep. you know in that deal so i don't know i feel like brooklyn is just always gonna brooklyn and you know they make the knicks sometimes look normal and that's kind of frightening. Um, but I, I will say this. I'm not saying this as a someone who likes the teams or anything like that. I'm just kind of saying this is someone who enjoys basketball. This goes back to my point earlier. We have all this stuff. And you might disagree with me. And if you do, that's perfectly fine. We have all this stuff we've been talking about where there's so many of these teams that are middling in the pack that are like, just don't show the trajectory to like their future looks bright. I love this because if Kyrie Irving ends up on the Lakers, that's fun. You know, like um, if Kevin Durant goes to the Phoenix Suns, that's fun. The Pacific division at that point is insane between Golden State, LA and Phoenix. Uh, You talk about Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. This is the year LeBron's going to break the scoring record more than likely, you know, barring he stays healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and obviously, you know, the, menaces that are the golden state warriors who you know i know lost a couple bench guys but kept their starting core together and you know we know what they're gonna do um Mm -hmm. you know i want that i think like the nba really you know we all complain about it and i think we just do this thing where we just have a tendency to dehumanize basketball players and like you know like i've never had an issue with durant going team to team to team because i look at it as like if i'm in my field of employment that i currently have right now and there's another company that's going to help me get closer to my goals. I'm going to hear what that company has to say if they're interested in me. Or in a circumstance where in my field, there's another company out there that's going to pay me significantly more money than I make right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, see if that's a good option for me. Like that is what they do. And people just do this thing where it's like they just shit on the guys for doing all this stuff. And like I thought this like about LeBron forever. Like he wanted to go play basketball with his friends. Why is everyone like everyone's so pissed off about that? Like, it's like, all right, he went and played with his friends for a few years. They were successful. And he went back home and he was successful there. And then he went out West and he was successful there. And it's like, you know, granted, he didn't ask for trades at any of those places. That's not my point. But 
I don't have an issue with guys wanting to go places, but going back to what you were saying about Kevin Durant, I have a strong issue with doing everything possible to get what you want and mm-hmm. then still wanting to get out of there. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that like that's look, LeBron did it too. I know everyone talks about how he left all those franchises in shambles, but like, you know, sign GR to long-term deal, sign Tristan to long-term deal. I get that. But what Kevin Durant has been doing now with this Brooklyn stuff is insane. Mm-hmm. And look, I think a lot of it's just the pressure. Like we put so much pressure on these guys. Like you have to win or your legacy is your bum. And so they try to make all these moves to win and then we get pissed off at them. And I also think that's not yep. fair. So I'm playing devil's advocate with myself during this segment, but you get what I'm saying. No, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. It, it's, you know, and I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm Kevin Durant bashing because you're right. There, there are, there are things that, that happen and, and, you know, you want to make moves, but I guess I, I'm kind of like what you said. Like, I just don't like the way he, he went about it. Like, you ask for all these things. They accommodate you. They put their franchise in a worse position for long term in order to give you what you want. And then now you don't want to be there anymore. Like, I guess that's my and, – and, and, and it's no – you know, it's the franchises too, right? Like they, the franchises right. want to win championships. So yeah. it's the franchises too. Like they, they know the risks they're taking when they, when they trade away draft picks and they trade away people and – they they know the risk. It's just like just like with LeBron. Like like Miami won those championships when LeBron wanted to, to leave. Like they knew where they'd put their franchises. When you sign up to get a LeBron James, you know when once that ride ends, your franchise is gonna take a step back. And and that's you know, just like in Cleveland. Like when he left Cleveland, like, you know, they they took a step back and then he went back and they were right back where they were. So the franchises take risk as well, which which makes sense. But the way that I guess Durant's kind of gone about it is just irritated me. Like it's just I just feel like he's playing games. Yeah, and I do think, you know, and I think when we kind of go back to this with basketball, and people are like, you can probably speak to this better than I can, is when people are like, you know, this doesn't happen in other sports. It's like, yeah, you're right because there's. 13 dudes here right. one you know yeah, you're down one you're yep. down 12 if tampa bay yep. is down mike evans tom brady still got dudes to throw to you know like yep. it's still okay yeah um if, yeah you know so it's like yeah you know they're obviously going to take gonna take a hit on their success but you know like it's not like that in other sports like if kevin mm-hmm. durant decides to trade like no matter what brooklyn gets they're worse and like yep. it's not like that in other sports like you know, look at the New York Mets right now. If Starling Marte is hurt for a couple days, they're not worried. They're like, yep. we still got eight other dudes in this lineup that can hit. And guess yep. what? They're going to be just fine. So, like, I think when we kind of do the same, where we just crap on basketball players like this, and this wasn't meant to be pro KD or anything like that. It's just kind of something I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, we just dehumanize pro athletes way too much. And yeah we question their like competitiveness and that's asinine to me. Like if they weren't competitive, they wouldn't be where they are Uh, except for Ben Simmons. I don't think he's really much of a competitor, but (laughs) um, you know, I can say all the bad things I have about Trey young, that dude wants to win and I love it. So that's all I'm going to kind of leave it at there. Yeah. Hey, real quick before we go into the next topic and and this like 30 seconds, No, did you see the comments, comments from Kevin Garnett about Anthony Davis? What were your thoughts on that? I haven't seen really it. Really quick before we... Okay. okay. 
Do you want? No, you can. We're no, no, under, no, no. We're way under time. So okay. I have not so, seen no, the clip I, I yet. Wanted, yeah, yeah. So, so if you want to fill me in a, on it, so just to kind of um, paraphrase, so Kevin Garnett uh, commented on, you know, Anthony Davis talked about he hadn't touched the basketball in like a couple months, and he hadn't really been doing much basketball activity in a couple months, and so Kevin Garnett kind of went on this. Not uh, it was a mini rant about, you know, how, how can you say that? How can you not, you know, you missed, you know, over half the year. You know, you should be a guy that should be – you should be a guy that goes into your workout saying, I'm going to be the MVP this year. That's why LeBron brought you in is to carry that team and to be the MVP. And, you know, you're talking about you haven't touched the basketball. Like, that's just crazy. Like, you need to be in the lab. You know, just Kevin Garnett stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you need to be in the lab, big fella. You got to be – you know, you got to be doing this and that and – you know, you want to, you you should. I want you to be an NBA MVP. I want, that's the kind of thin numbers you need to be putting stuff like that. So, when I saw it, I was like, in a sense, I was like, man, that's that's really good for Kevin Garnett to Anthony Davis. Um, but I don't know how much Anthony Davis's generation, I guess, listens to that other generation. It's kind of like yeah. the Shaq and it's kind of like the Shaq and. Um, and Charles getting on and beating all those guys. Like, I don't know how that much worked those out, guys. Though. That was awesome. Yeah, it did that was great for Embiid. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Embiid was, you know, turned into a monster. But, I, you know, I just – I didn't know if you'd had a chance to hear that or what you thought about about what he had said. And it, it, there was kind of more to it. But, yeah, he was, he was getting on Anthony Davis pretty good. Okay. Well, from what you told me, um, I can kind of go off that. I don't have any issue with it. Um yeah, I kind of think Kevin Garnett can be a little annoying at times with how yeah. he kind of talks about like this era of basketball. Like, I'm sorry, dude, if Giannis Antetokounmpo is in your era, he's kicking everybody's ass. Like, that's that's just right. who he is. Um, yep. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I haven't seen Rise yet, by the way. Have you on Disney Plus? Oh, I've not. I've not seen that one. Okay, I need to watch that. I've not still. seen that one. Um, but you know, I don't think there's anyone at least on this network, obviously that's more disappointed than me and Anthony Davis this past season. Um, and part yeah. of that was injury. Part of it was like, he put on too much muscle mass and you could tell he just wasn't comfortable in his body. So I think for it being him because of his superstar stature is why we're kind of like doing this too much. Um, do I wish there was someone who lit a fire under his ass and got him back to being Anthony Davis? Yes. Want it. Yeah. Nothing. Bubble Anthony Davis was like, unbelievable uh was so good um mm -hmm. and i would love to see him get back to that but you know the same point this is the same garnett guy who like always finds ways to discredit lebron and you know kobe right. was better and all right. this and that's yep. fine if that's your personal yeah. opinion you're wrong at most for majority of it but right <laughs> it's just so like it's so old man basketball but also I do love that he's like, I want you to maximize your talent. I want you to win. And like, yeah, that's yeah, a better way to he, put it. Yeah. I, I didn't think he was trying to take shots at him. I just think he was a little disappointed in, I guess, how he was going about getting back to where he needs to be. I guess that's what the easiest way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. So. I just spilt my drink. Thank God did not ruin my laptop. Ooh. Yeah, those are expensive. Yeah, and I got like a bunch of cards next to me. Somehow it landed in the perfect spot. <laughs> We're on a roll tonight, we aren't we? All kinds of, we had all kinds of craziness tonight. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I do want to kind of go through free agency as a whole, but my last big talking topic I wanted uh, to get to was uh, Jalen Brunson does officially sign with the Knicks at four years, 110 mil. Uh, Mavericks never received a chance to make an offer from what sources said, according to Shams tweet. So I know there's been a lot of bashing and like Nick's going to Nick and stuff like that. This is the Nixiest thing possible. I think I even said that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to an extent, I do think it's still a little insane and asinine, but I will say this about Jalen Brunson. Um, this is someone who I've got to see. I got to see a lot play in college. This is a guy who I really like. Um, and this is a dude that wins. And the Knicks are in a situation where like they got to win. And, yeah. you know, obviously like the Knicks see something in him and maybe it's the Knicks being the Knicks and maybe this all blows up in their face like it has in years past. But I have no issue with Jalen Brunson with them, like waiting for Jalen Brunson and making this deal happen, uh, making cap space for him to kind of ignite him. But at the same point, you know, were they really competing with Dallas for him? Were they really competing with anyone for him? Uh, so kind of curious what your thoughts were on this and how you feel about it. Um, I, I think that um, that's a <laughs> that's a really good move by the Knicks. Um, we we've said this every year about the Knicks, like they they have talent in spots, um, but they don't have leadership, um, and they don't have dogs. Like I liked Randall. I think Randall is a great player. Um, I just don't know how much of a leader he is. Um, you know, I like RJ Barrett, but I don't know about leadership. Um, I, I, Jalen Brunson to me is a guy that can bring that to that franchise. Um, I, I think he is a, a tough individual. He's a physical individual. Um, and, and I think that he can bring a little bit of that as well as that leadership, um, to the table for the Knicks. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I think that that's one of the things that they're kind of missing. The Knicks always remind me of, of, a team that's super athletic and does a lot of things, but they just don't have no guidance. Like it's like it's just like a ship without a without a rudder. Like they just it's go and it's you know they they do some really great things and they'll make a they'll do a they'll have an eight game win streak. You'd be like yeah Knicks and then they'll follow it like eleven game losers. You'd be like really like like what the heck like like how do y'all do like how do you go from eight game win streak to eleven game losing streak? You know, and but that's that's the Knicks. They don't have anybody on that roster that really steadies that team. They have a really some really athletic, fun players. Um, but I think Jalen Brunson is a guy that that um, will give them a little bit of that steadier presence of of leadership. So um, I think that's a really good get for them. Um, I think they need a, probably two more guys like a Jalen Brunson. Now they can't spend that kind of money on. Those kind of guys, but but like it, this is weird to say, but like a Pat Bev esque guy with the Knicks would be a really good fit because of his leadership style um, and the toughness that he brings and the discipline that he brings. So I'm not saying they're going to get Pat Bev, but a Pat Bev type guy, um, I think, is, is something that that Knicks team needs because they've got ability. It's just they they just don't have a whole lot of leadership qualities. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, 
let's kind of go around real quick kind of like just hop around the league and kind of get some thoughts on some moves oh yeah uh so you know i talked about it earlier the bulls andre drummond goran Dragic. i really like one of those moves don't really like the other one all that much really kind of feel like you don't like the, you don't like the drumming move not really um okay you know i worry that he's gonna end up starting because i worry that vooch won't be a bull and that's where i get <laughs> that's where i get afraid because he started that's where, the you, whole year that's where you're that's where yeah. you're nervous <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah there's that um but I really like getting Dragic. I think he'll be a good backup. And, you know, with everything kind of going on, we're, we're kind of waiting for what's going to happen with Lonzo. Um, yeah. Things I like. Obviously, Zach Levine signing back is huge. Derek Jones Jr. comes back. But don't really feel like they did much to kind of make their team better. Um, yeah. What about you? What, what was the move out there that you really liked? Gosh. Um, I did like – I like the Dragic move for sure for – for Chicago, um, I, I like Drummond too. Like, I didn't see it in him as a starter, though. I mean, I, I'm hoping that they'll have Vucevic, but um, please no. You know, I, I <laughs> but I, I, I do like that move. Um, and we already talked the one about the one. I, you know, I, I like the move of moving Brogdon to Boston. That's probably been the best one I, I've seen because I think that that's the one glaring. That's the one glaring thing that was missing from from their run was having a true point guard, and I think that he's he's a guy that kind of that's the kind of guy that'll put you over the edge when you get to those playoff games and finals and things like that, um, you know. And I also, like I said, I, I like that for the Pacers as well because we get some picks, we get some cap space, and we're able to build again um, and build the way Rick Carlisle would want to build it. So. Um, I definitely, I definitely like that move. Um, yeah, I agree. So that's probably, yeah. that's probably the, been the best one so far. Yeah. I will say um, I'm not in love with uh, Lonnie Walker going to the Lakers just because, you know, he's definitely an easy guy to root for, uh, especially when you read his yeah. story, but a negative offensive and defensive player. Um, I, this was more just about, he was a clutch client. I will say, I talked about it for a second earlier. I liked him getting Juan Toscano Anderson. I think that's a really good get yeah. for them as far as like a bench defender. Yep. And I really liked him getting Damian Jones. I thought when he was there for a little bit during the 10 day hardship era, he played pretty well for him. And, you know, they decided to go with Andre Drummond over him. And I think yeah. Jones will be a really good, really good spot for them. I think he'll be real glad he's back there. Scotty Pippen Jr. honestly doesn't look too bad in a uh, summer league so far either. So he has not looked he has not looked bad at all. He's actually looked pretty well. Yeah. So agreed. Um trying to think real quick of any other things that really jumped out to me that I really wanted to touch on. You know, I don't understand Orlando bringing back Gary Harris for 26 million. I feel like that was kind of like a wasted contract that they could have done something yeah. better with. Um the one Kevin Obama was nice. One. Yeah, Mo Bamba was a good one. Um, here's one that, I, which it's not a free agent signing, but um, the Wizards and Bradley Beal. Like I thought that was I, I, that's isn't Bradley Beal like getting older? Yeah, like like I, I that's a lot of money to give Bradley Beal, but yep, you know it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It I really like this. Is. I know we talked about every year this team makes a move and they still can't win, but 
I really like the Sixers getting DeAnthony Melton as a backup point guard. Yeah. Love that move. Yeah. Um, who was it? And we still haven't Bridget. talked enough about the D, the DiVincenzo move to Golden State. Like that's going to be huge. That's and and they got him two years, nine mil, dude. Like, are you? Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> Big time. Um, like that's heck, man. That's just that's just crazy to me. Um, Javale going to Dallas. That's going to be Lob City. Yeah. Like that's great, great spot for him. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be huge. Um, that'll be real huge. What do you think about John Wall to the Clippers? It's hard for me to be excited about a guy that's missed 100 games over the last four years. Yeah. It just is. Um, Especially going to a team that's already battling a ton of injuries. You know, I know, like, I I have this conversation with Kentucky people all the time where they're like, you know, he's going to have a bounce back year. He's going to be awesome. And he was really good his last year with Houston. I was like, no, he wasn't. He shot 30%. Shot 40% from the floor, Ben. From the floor. Yep. 40%. He was garbage. Yep. Yep. Like hot. Hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope it works out for his sake. Like, he's, you know, I want him to succeed. And obviously, like, you don't, you know, seeing guys be out for a couple of years really sucks. But I don't know. Um, if it works out, it's a cool fit. But Kawhi doesn't play basketball much. Paul George doesn't play basketball much. You're just adding hey, to your issues Kawhi, by bringing Kawhi's John Wall in. That, Kawhi's got that Roman Reigns schedule. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's, like, he's like, what, SummerSlam? Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, man. <laughs> Anytime I can re- reference basketball and wrestling in the same conversation, I'm there. There you uh, go. <laughs> I think there's any other ones I really want to mention. Um, you know, New York keeping Mitchell Robinson is obviously huge. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Nuggets, but them getting Bruce Brown, I like that. That's a that's a good pickup for them. And I can't yeah. believe Portland got Gary Payton the second. You know, I mean that's that's a good get for them. And I I was kind of it hard is. to believe that he got away from the Golden State. Like he he had kind of uh, made his mark there defensively. Uh, being a really good bench guy for them, I'm kind of surprised they let him walk. Like I, I, I thought that'd be one of the guys they try. To, now they can't keep him all, of course, but I thought he'd be right. one of the guys that they try to keep for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's kind of look at the tracker right now. So Toronto keeping Chris Boucher three years for thirty years—that's a little crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Um. The Lakers getting Troy Brown is absolutely hilarious. It's such a Laker move. <laughs> when you fill our bench with guys who aren't very good at professional basketball, right? I know where to go. <laughs> um, do you like PJ Tucker to Philly? I do. I do. I, I'll. I, I, I here's do. my thing with. Here's my thing with the 76ers, man. I. <sighs> It always comes down to them being out physical by somebody. Yeah, like you know what I mean. They play the Heat. They they get out physical. They play Boston. They get out physical. So what do you do? You bring in a guy that that brings you that physicality. And on top of that, PJ Tucker now takes the he takes the pressure off Embiid of having to guard big guys that are physical because PJ Tucker can do that. Now Embiid can have mismatch on the other end. 
being able to do what he does. So um, I, I like that move for him. Um, and P.J. Tucker's a winner, dude. I, I love that guy. He, he's a he's a grind him out. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to play defense. He's going to talk trash. And he'll give them – I think he gives them that, that toughness that they're usually missing. I agree. I think the fact – like you hit him on the head. We they just need to be tougher, and mm-hmm. we all know that, that dude is, um, a, you know, a bas a playable basketball version of Udonis Haslam, so mm-hmm. that's nice. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great move for them. I agree. Should kind of make sure. Does Dwight Howard sign in with anybody? Or do you think he's done? Um, I there's going to be somebody that's going to reach out to him at some point. I I don't think he's done. I don't. I don't know who it's gonna be. Um, I, anyway, I mean, he's he can't be any worse than DeAndre Jordan, right? Who got signed? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, how? Like he can't, I don't know. Like, he can't be worse than that guy, right? No, 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 okay. no, no. So no, I, he can't. I think somebody, somebody at some point will reach out to him and, and give him a decent, give him, they'll give him a, you know a decent deal, you know, one year, eight mil, nine mil, something like that, whatever he can make. minimum. somebody will reach out to him because, you know, a veteran backup center, you're not going to ask a whole bunch from him, you know, it's just. Right. But I think he'll sign somewhere. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, selfishly for the sake of nostalgia, I really want to see Orlando bring him in to be a backup five. To be behind Wendell oh, yeah. Carter and Mo Bamba, um, yeah. just you know, end end of where it started, man. Like you don't have much more of a career. Uh, you're going to the Hall of Fame. You won a championship. Just yep. you know, right off into the sunset where it all began. I yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I definitely all agree. Right. With you. That that would be that would be really cool to see. And lastly, by the time we speak next time and do a podcast. Will Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant still be Brooklyn Nets? Um, I say, uh, yes, not for long, but he will be. Yeah, He'll still not for be much there. longer, it, dude. But... It's, it's gonna, it's gonna take a. I mean, it's going to take a huge. It's going to take a this lot of work go a by a lot of people. Yeah, it's going to go a while. It's going to take a lot of work by a lot of people. But he will get moved, of course. But it's going to take a lot of work by a lot of people. Um, yeah. In order for that to for that to happen. I almost I don't I almost am like if I'm the Lakers and I really want to make this deal happen, I think I just call San Antonio and be like, look, you guys don't want to win. You guys want to get. <laughs> you guys want to get Victor Wembayama next year. Take Russell Westbrook. Just take him for the year. Yep. Yep. You know, buy him out if you want. Don't play him. Whatever you want to do. Just, you know, we need the money for Kyrie. So, well, dude, we battled through power, drink spills. (laughs) Yeah. We went through a lot tonight, but we still managed to get a show together. It's going to be hell for me to edit, but I'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) I know. Always appreciate you hanging out. Always appreciate you giving some time. Um, oh yeah, so, absolutely, man. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of fun. 
anything else crazy breaks i'm sure we'll be back here but thank you all for tuning in whether you tune in live here on the streams or on the social media the next day we're definitely grateful and appreciate it um we'll be back next week have a good night and we'll see you all soon